Grounded Universe, Season 18, Episode 3. I, Camp Counselor, the book, I, Jedi, by Michael A. Stackpole. Chapters 8 through 10, the year was 1998. With your hosts, Jeff and John, let's go! And welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast, where John is judging my author, my announcer grade tenor right now, <laughs> <laughs> giving me some some. Uh, oh, who look at Mister Smug voice over there? <laughs> <laughs> Thinks he's something. <laughs> look at this one. <laughs> the, the next Harry Carey? I don't think so. <laughs> I want to be the next Casey Kasem. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think you really would want to be because isn't he like a, a an extremely ardent vegetarian? Well, that's like uh, a famous aspect of his. Now he like didn't he? Well, I think it was someone. No, he's that's no, him. No, he was he was super that way. In fact, yeah. that's why that's why uh, Shaggy won't eat meat. Yeah, Shaggy he, never ate meat. Yeah, well, starting at a certain point, yes. there was there was a, once like, he flipped. Yeah, once he flipped a vegetarian, the first thing he did was like Shaggy's got to be a vegetarian now. Yeah, you when, see the sandwiches he makes, and they're giant piles, but it's all just like lettuce and cheese. It's all just green now. Yeah, it used to be that he'd put a big pile of cold cuts and hot dogs and a turkey in there. Now it's all just a big pile of loose. Yeah, before green. it was like he had found one of those Bloody Marys from a gimmick place. <laughs> And put it on the sandwich, and there was a whole cup in there. Yep, a whole big glass. And mug. he would he would chew through the cup, and you would see the blood come out of his mouth as he loved crunching into that glass. Oh, R.I.P. Amazing Jonathan. Oh, he did stunt crap like that. Oh, dumb pour, stunt crap. Pour one out for a real one. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, how you doing, John? I'm Jeff. Yeah, I'm doing all right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard you had a well. Okay. You know, behind the scenes details, we're recording this episode a day or two late. Uh, John's been a little under the weather. Yes. I've had some issues. Yeah. yeah. That's okay, because, you know, we've got a very forgiving audience who doesn't mind as long as the content hose keeps producing content eventually. Oh, yeah. no. All we gotta I do under- is unkink the hose. I understand. Mm-hmm. The audience gets it, because I feel like most of the audience also has brain stuff. <laughs> Probably, yes. Come on, audience. You get it. We tend to attract an audience with brain stuff. I get that. No yeah. judgment. Both of us have brain stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, when I tell you that some shit has gone down because of some psych meds, mm-hmm. let me uh, let me just say, I get it. Yeah. You get it. I get Everyone it. understands. No judgment. It's fine. Uh, granted, I am missing family night for this, so now, now you are eternally my enemy. But no judgment. Oh I mean, yeah, that's just that's just the rule. You I stop mean, me. From... I mean, normally I make you miss family night so we can play board games. Yeah, I, I mean, you're stopping me from going to Red Robin right now. Also, the fact that the Red Robin closed. <laughs> that also is stopping. I know you. it is stopping. It's. Uh, I was planning to just go there and sit outside and protest. But the Red Robin closed. Yes. Goodness. I know. It's a sad time to, to for our crappy local mall. Oh. <laughs> but that was the only thing to attract people to the giant luxury apartment building. <laughs> yes. Luxury living in beautiful, not downtown San Diego. But close enough to La Jolla that we're going to, you're going to put it on your uh, address, even if it's not correct. <laughs> Technically, Back when not I worked, actually La Jolla. My, uh, my last several jobs before this were uh, membership management at like high-end nonprofits. Yeah. Like the Red Cross and Jewish Family Services and so on. And all of them pulled heavily from the richest district in town, La Jolla, which is so rich that it pretends to be another city. True. Right? You can put, La- so what, what we noticed was a lot of people would just put La Jolla as the city 
because like they get rich they'd be like i wish i lived in la jolla even though i don't and then they'd learn pretty quickly that mailmen don't give a shit what you write for city they only care about the zip code yeah so you see so many people in san diego who are pretending they live in la jolla it, it gets a slight it gets slightly bigger every year the the uh, the footprint of of the local rich people city because uh well the other thing you'll see is businesses pretending they're b- to be in la jolla just so they can put la jolla in front of their name oh yeah so you'll see like i don't know Mort steakhouse in la jolla and it's like 40 miles from fucking la jolla <laughs> it's in a fucking ocean side you're like the, what it's in the ocean <laughs> it's all it's all an old oil derrick <laughs> anyway this is wildly off topic yeah uh, glad to hear you're doing well i took sage to the local science museum today the Ruben H. Fleet Science Center. And to it, learn some science. Uh, basically for daycare. I did not realize exactly what I was getting into. Because normally I take her to the zoo. Yeah. I, I take her to the zoo like once a week. But zoo's this, great. This time I was like, let's learn some science. And what I really meant was, let's go to a bunch of exhibits that you will never learn anything from because every one of them has at least three eight-year-olds fighting on it. <laughs> like they climb up on top of it, they fight over it like they're fucking Lord of the Flies kids. <laughs> Hell yeah. You, you go to that science museum and there's like... Oh, this is a cool pendulum with sand. And then two kids whip out knives and start circling each other. Yeah. And if you're like, well, who's managing them? You just look around the edges of the room and you see a bunch of like shame walk, no eye contact moms on their phones. Yeah. They're like, just look, like, Braden, this- don't. Uh, never mind. This is the 40 minutes a week I get. <laughs> Come here, you improngerously named child I named Canon for reasons I don't remember. Ah. <laughs> Brenjamin <So>, Brenjamin <laughs> get get off of that expensive electronic machine. No mom, fuck you mom. Uh, All right, Brenjamin. <laughs> I'll just keep scrolling Instagram. <laughs> so, it was a, it was a sad time. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I've been up to. And uh what's Star Wars all about? Well, what's that shit? We're finally Getting over to the the old Jedi planet. We have one of my favorite setups in book history here, which is we're flying down. They've got a Lambda shuttle. So like the old, you know, the, the I was about to clear them. It's an older code, sir. That shuttle. So yeah, the, the fold up shuttles. Yeah. And Corrin is flying it because he's about to enter a period where he won't be able to fly anything for a while. And he's he's a pilot. So he's like, oh, airplanes and space planes. Oh, I'm going to miss flying. I'm sad now. And he's brought a second pl- pilot to take the Lambda home. And that's his old wingman from Rogue Squadron, Uril the Gand. Yes, indeed. We've met Uril. We love Uril. Mm-hmm. And he's here now. I wish this book was called I Findsman and it was just about Uril. <laughs> That'd be a lot better. Hell yeah. Uril's great. He is uh, automatically great. We've only known him for a chapter and a half. And I, always, I already far prefer him to this smug, petulant Charles Dance looking dick. Uh- He's not. Yeah, honestly, Cornhorn's not that bad so far. I'm sure he'll get worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I have been so prepared over the years since we started this yeah hearing about cornhorn and being like oh here it comes here comes the cornhorn and i'm like "Eh, it's fine whatever i mean ultimately the problem with cornhorn viewed through a modern lens is that he's constantly like as a cop as a former cop i would like to apply modern cop principles to this non-cop problem (laughs) i have a cop idea and you're like shut the fuck up with your cop idea (laughs) (laughs) shut the fuck up you bastard (laughs) get in a dungeon uh so that you walk into the ocean <laughs> go into an ocean dungeon <laughs> but yeah it, it's uh, so he's flying in on the lambda shuttle and he is carrying uh 
well, besides Uril, Luke is here because Luke's leaving Coruscant to fly to uh, to Yavin Four as well, along with two other new candidates to be trained at the Jedi Academy. Yeah, they're all coming in fucking carpooling. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Brachus and Cam Solusar were already on Coruscant and ready to go. You'd think the first people you'd meet would be Gantoris and Stream because of the way the Jedi Academy worked, but apparently these two guys were like grandfathered in from previous works. Yeah, I mean. I get it, because, you know, when they get there, Luke is like, all right, uh, I'm bringing you three in to start with, because you're the three that I feel have the most experience with it. And they have have a greater understanding of the relationship between the current Jedi Order and the New Republic than the others as well. So so at least that's the case with Corrin Horn, is like, he's here because he'll understand what the Academy needs to produce. And but, also the other two, Brachus and uh, Cam, are both ex Dark Side. Yes, yeah. Brachus used to uh, operate as a spy for the Empire, but it was against his will. He was discovered to have Force sensitivity as an Imperial something or other, like I, as a boy, basically. I, I kind of like to to pretend that he is the dude from that one scene in Courtship of Princess Leia. Uh, Remember that there was like one scene where some guy was like, "Wait a minute, the Force tells me that that." Luke is heading to that that Dathomir witch planet. I should let uh, what's it, Warlord Zinge know. I like to think that this is this is that guy, but I don't know for sure. Uh, and then the other one, Cam Solusar, is the son of a famous Jedi Knight who has Jedi powers of his own accord and is actually already carrying a lightsaber. Yeah. And the reason that this is one of my favorite book tropes is that it's not a short flight from Coruscant to Yavin 4. No. Yavin 4 is an out-of-the-way place. That's why there was a rebel base there. Yeah. And yet, I guess for the past X days, as they've been flying out there, I guess they just didn't introduce themselves to each other. No. Because Luke, come, right when they get off the shuttle, and Uril's like, hey, I look forward to flying you with you again when you're a Jedi, brother. You're cool, man. All right, bye-bye. I'm going to take all these technicians and crap back. I do like that that was a thing where he was like, oh, yeah, we had a whole bunch of, like, Republic dudes here fixing up the old rebel base that was in this temple yeah. to make it ready to house uh, this school. Mm-hmm. And we're doing double duty on carpooling for us in here, but he's also their ride out. I like that. That's efficient. That's that's cool. But once he gets done with Uriel and Uriel flies off for probably for the rest of the book, uh, Luke's like, all right, you three, Cam Solusar, I want to introduce you to these other two guys. And I'm like, the fuck have they been doing? Yeah. It's been like a week long flight. Did they just sit in the back and not talk? Hell yeah. <laughs> the other two just it's like a Final Fantasy airship. They're just like standing there doing their idle pose. <laughs> you went to go talk to them and they're like, not now. I'm studying. <laughs> Welcome to this airship. I like swords. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting to me. I do wonder how long it takes altogether. Mm-hmm. I mean, I We get, don't get that in the book. I get that uh, you know, you have Corrin's flying so at least he's busy sure i mean probably not i mean once you and it, once you input hyperspace coordinates you can pretty much get up and wander around pretty much but i don't know maybe it's an hour flight maybe i'm just wrong maybe i don't know i have no concept of where things are and how long it takes to get there in star Wars. what's funny is that we could easily look this up and solve the problem like everything's been mapped out onto a big galaxy map that you can look up. oh yeah yeah for but, sure but i'm not going to but why would i do that i just always find it funny when you i when would have you... to uncross my legs and <laughs> open my computer no one could ask that of you that's unreasonable come on now. but but no like uh, what i'm trying to get even if it was a short journey it's still one of my favorite funny things in in media when you get to the end of a long car ride or something 
and they're like, all right, maybe we should introduce ourselves. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the, the classic the thing was happening. Like, I've got to take you to wherever. We're going to do whatever. No time to talk. And then they're like, 12 hours later after a car ride, they get out and they're like, now let me tell you what the deal is. And you're like, what have you been saying in the car? <laughs> we had the radio on. <laughs> we turned the radio on. We turned the radio up. <laughs> Can't talk now. It's Metallica o'clock. <laughs> We're going to listen to every album. It's Metallic Lock. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, he introduces the three of them, and he's like, all right, so the deal with the, with you two, we already went over it. Uh, Brackus, former spy. Uh, Cam Soliusar, son of a famous Jedi Knight, uh, also fairly strong in the Force already. Fell to the dark side, came back. Mm-hmm. Both blonde. Let's make yes, sure we, indeed. Both blonde, both taller than either Luke or Corrin. I keep getting this short man thing from Corrin, because he seems to be, everyone seems to be shorter or taller than him. Well. Uh, so who knows? Maybe he's a little dude. He's a little, little I guess. He loves his mommy very much. But uh, they've already gotten to the point where he's in his cover. Even uh, Uril is calling him Kieran. Yeah, can we, uh, I, I love how this is the second or third person we've encountered in our in our journey through the Star Wars universe who goes full Stanislavski, and so does everyone they interact with. Hey, the whole point is to make him so no one knows that he's Corrin Horn. Yeah. I just find it funny when Luke's, like, saying goodnight to him at the end of the, when they're, like, alone in a room in, a, in the, the otherwise abandoned floor of an enormous temple. And he's like, goodnight, Kieran Halcyon. And I, I, I guess... <laughs> Mr. Thompson. <laughs> on the one hand, I, I fully get it here because it's, like planet jedi now yeah so they really do need to maintain the illusion so no one looks in his head like Strain's not gonna look at his head and like hold on you're corn horn ain't you wait a minute <laughs> i knows you i don't knows nobody because i'm from empty gas giant planet but i knows you ah yeah we get news on bespin <laughs> heard about it from the birds oh the birds done told me about the corn <laughs> I love that just because he's from like an isolated junk planet, he talks like an old prospector. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, it, it, no one's going to know what that was, but but uh, say, when John said "yeehaw," so did Sage from outside the room. <laughs> Wonderful. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, as we mentioned, Luke's just like, all right, so. Uh, in the morning, there's this whole thing. There's this weird problem with Corrin Horn where he doesn't seem to get Jedi training. Everyone else is just like, you got it, boss. I will stand silently until I am told what to do, boss. No problem. But the first thing, the running out of the plane, Luke's like, hey, let's go on up to uh, the temple. You're going to pick out rooms. And Corrin's like, what time are we using? Yeah. What, what time are we using? This planet spins slowly than Cor or more slowly than Coruscant, so I don't know what time system to use. Yeah, are we going to use the galactic standard like as if we were on a spaceship mm -hmm. and just go off of, you know, the standard time, or are we just going to go off the day-night cycle and do that? Because I assume that we will be up at the crack of dawn training and doing various physical activities. Yeah. And Luke's like, nah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, he's like, well, what time standard are we using? Luke's like, it doesn't matter. That time doesn't matter. Look, once you get deep into, balls deep in the force, you're not going to know what time it is anymore. I'm like, you're going to think you've been into the force for like an hour, and you're going to look over at the clock and it's been two minutes, okay? And I'm like, yeah, maybe if you learned the force on a constantly fog-ridden swamp planet, then, then you'd be like, I don't care what time it is. It's always gray out. But I, but anyway, he's like, okay, well, the reason I'm asking what time what time system we're using is because who's going to keep watch? And Luke is like, why do we keep watch? It's an abandoned planet. Yeah. There are four people on the planet right now. Yeah. And then Corin even goes like, 
yeah, well, you know, I originally thought that because, like, oh, what if what if a fleet shows up? What if, like, fucking Thrawn wants to kill us? And he's like, oh, wait a minute. We don't have any ships. We wouldn't be able to do anything anyway. I guess he's right. Who fucking cares if we keep watch? I, I come, I'll come wake up Cam Solusar so we can watch us die. Yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> but he's like, oh, because team building yeah. he's like i've been questioned about my insistence on keeping watch before and i have a ready cop answer for it yeah he well, literally in his head he's like oh shoot he's right there's no reason to keep watch but i don't want to appear stupid uh camaraderie and team building yeah because you know if some if if we take turns keeping watch then that gives us a sense of caring for the other people that are here and luke's just like Nah, that shit sucks. <laughs> that, that's dumb. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, okay, then I guess we wake up at the crack of dawn for physical combat training." No, wake up when you want. It's like, <laughs> but are we gonna, are we gonna learn how to fight? And he's like, "I don't know. I'll teach you some lightsaber." I think my favorite part about that is when he's like, "Are we gonna learn how to fight?" He does it by pointing at Cam Solusar's lightsaber like a five year old, where he's just like, "Are we learn that?" Uh... <laughs> and looks like. Yeah, I'll teach you lightsaber shit. And he's like, not the question I asked, chief. <laughs> I wanted to know if we were going to learn how to do non-lightsaber combat. Because, you know, what if we get into a fight and we don't have a lightsaber? We got to be able to defend ourselves. What's funny was it wasn't even that. It was like, it, it was like I want to learn non-saber combat. And Luke was like, why? And he's like, because sabers are lethal weapons. I don't. I don't necessarily. I want a non-lethal takedown yeah. option. One, like my dad always said, uh, it, uh, if you're never going to regret putting a stun bolt into somebody instead of a blaster bolt. And I really wanted Luke to be like, "Who's your dad that you're talking about, Mister Halcyon? Stomp, stomp. <laughs> Quit talking about your fucking cop father <laughs> and his cop aphorisms." But uh, but yeah, he's just like. Uh, yeah, fine. If you want to, if you so want to, fucking you and Cam can put together a, I don't know, itinerary. And I get that because when the moment Luke's like, "What? I'm going to teach you lightsaber stuff." That's Jedi fighting, lightsaber stuff. And he's like, "No, that's murder fighting." He basically is like, "Luke is an unrepentant murderer. That's a murderer, you guys. He murders." <laughs> Look, if you bring out a lightsaber, it's because you're ready to kill someone. You can't put it away until there's blood on the blade. <laughs> Otherwise, it disrespects the lightsaber. <laughs> I mean. Again, I get the whole, like, oh, yeah, you don't take your gun out of the holster unless you're ready to start fucking shooting, bitches. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You're like, yeah, I don't want to learn how to lightsaber and not learn anything else. Mm -hmm. But also, you're a grown-ass man who has had training in combat. Why are you worried if you're going to get combat training? I think he just wants to contribute to the future uh, of this school he's like hey better put some aikido classes on the schedule or else like hey i've i've learned hand-to-hand -hand combat so are we gonna learn hand-to-hand -hand combat so that i can be better than people <laughs> he's literally just searching for a non-force powered edge just because he's really worried that the other 11 students are going to be force users and he's not really yeah <laughs> hey can is we have kick punching is there going to be a class on being a corsac security officer because, uh, I mean, I'm, gonna I'm not going to lie to you. I spoke Spanish growing up, and then I took Spanish in high school. You know how it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> Easy A, brother. A, yeah. Easy E. <laughs> but Luke's just keeps going like, fine, you and Cam can work out a combat regimen. Can we please go to the fucking temple? We are sitting around in this dank-ass jungle I would like to get inside. Also, you have clearly read the room by now as these other two dudes just stare blankly ahead, waiting for you to get this out of your system. Yeah, and, you know, eventually he's like, oh, okay, 
All right, let's go. And the other two go, and he's like, wait, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> More questions. <laughs> wait, I want to talk to you without them. So uh, is the reason I'm here with those two, and you mentioned that they were both uh, dark side, because you want me to watch them? And he's like, no, Stop asshole. Stop looking for hidden meaning, for God's sake. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he literally, no. He really accuses them of that, because that, well, that, that happens after, uh, basically, we get... One of the things I can't stand in this book is is always being in Cornhorn's head, so you have to hear every one of his dumb, idle thoughts. It'll get worse later, but for the moment, he's like, I don't even remember when I split off from Bracchus and Cam, but I found myself wandering the bottom of the temple, and then I found a room that spoke to me. Why? Well, because it's the room that Biggs Darklighter, Jack Porkins, and Wedge Antilles slept in during the Yavin raid on the first Death Star. Yes. And Luke shows it, shows up to tell him that, and he's like, ah, I, I see you picked the pilot's room. He's like, no, yeah, I figured you'd be here. Yeah, no surprise. Uh, pilot energy radiates through this room. Also, you know, it's the like bedroom right off of where you would be in the hangar, so yeah. I get it. You're a pilot. Yeah, and he's like, I was too, you know. I had the room right above this. I used to come down to this room all the time and hang out with with uh, Wedge and Porkins, and, uh, you know, we, we'd loosen up Porkins. That's what we did. <laughs> We'd play a little slap and tickle, you uh-huh. know. What I'm yeah, we'd loosen them up. Look, you've been a pilot. You know what we would get up to. <laughs> we'd play a nice round of dandy balls. <laughs> but no, it, basically, he, uh, this is when Corin asks him the question. That's like, "Hey, am I here to guard those two guys?" And Luke's like, "Dude, you gotta quit being so suspicious and trying to solve everything as if it's a problem. There also, isn't a problem. No." You're here to learn from them because they've already fallen to the dark side and come back. Mm -hmm. So they know about the temptation. You, however, are a piece of shit, Cornhorn, (laughs) and I assume that you will fall to the dark side. So I'm hoping they will teach you about it so you don't. Let me tell you who definitely won't. Kip Duran. That guy is trustworthy. Going places. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh. After that, we jump chapters. The next chapter is Cornhorn going out for a run and being just very proud of going for a run. First, I think my favorite thing about the opening of this chapter is him talking about how Yavin 4, because it's in the in the corona of a gas giant, has a really interesting atmosphere that like lights up in all kinds of rainbowy colors all the time. Yeah, because the it's super misty and foggy, mm-hmm. and then when it gets cold it kind of freezes and crystallizes, and then when it gets warm again and the light shines through, Mm -hmm. it does a whole prismatic ray thing. Which he has already dubbed in his own... He's like, I came up with the word for those. I have dubbed them Prisma Storms. And I'm like, yeah, great. You should probably name more She-Ra characters professionally. Ah! Like, Prisma Storm? What the fuck, man? (laughs) Also, uh, I'm going to 100% guarantee there is already a name for that. (laughs) There's certainly a name. He's like, why would I look that up? Prisma Storms. This is this is going to catch on. This is going to be the next big thing. <laughs> so he's out for one of his runs. He goes for a run every morning at the crack of dawn, uh, largely because he wants to make sure he stays in, in shape. Yeah. Well, he's... I mean, we've gotten the rest of the squad in at this point. Yeah, we I'll, have a full dozen students. Mm-hmm, and we already know the names of a bunch of them. Yeah. But he's like, I... You know, this isn't part of the training. It's not a thing we have to do. But I'm doing it because... Honestly, I'm afraid that if I don't, then I'll suck. Mm -hmm. Like, I got to keep doing this for my own deal. He is consistently afraid that all these young upstarts are going to be expert force users uh, and that he is going to be because he's already been a cop and 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 a uh, ace pilot that like his dance cards full and he's then, on he's on his third and multi-class and he's yeah. just like ah, i don't know man. i feel like if he just looked around the room he'd be like well that stream guy's in his 60s like i feel like he's had a bunch of careers already yeah 
bird guy. Yeah. Guy who takes care of birds. Ga- gas collector. <laughs> bird gas collector. The birds fart on him. But mostly, we don't even get to hear most of the names of the people who are here. Uh, he has met this go- this school Sasuke in the form of Gantoris. Fucking Gantoris, you piece of shit. We haven't seen Gantoris in a while. Yeah, it's been a few books since we had uh, the pleasure of meeting Gantoris. And now Gantoris has settled into his role as kind of like the guy who wants to be the teacher's pet, but wants to be like a super... Uh, pragmatic asshole at the same time. He is 100% the Sasuke. Oh, yeah. He, he's the guy at the school that the the dumb shonen hero runs afoul of because he's by the book and will earn his power correctly. <laughs> but he's also like, oh, I already know how to use my power because I'm awesome, and mm-hmm. I know I'm awesome. Yeah. It, it So... Uh, Corrin's already like, that's fucking guy. He seems to have it in for me. He clearly seems to sense something in me he doesn't like. And so I basically, eventually we're going to have a clash. I'm kind of hoping it'll at least be minor. Yeah. Cause he's like, when I, you know, found out that these Prisma storms exist, cause I was going out for my morning jogs. Mm-hmm. I started telling people about them. I was like, dude, there's this rad thing that happens at dawn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a few of the students would drag their asses out of bed at dawn while he was, you know, stretching to go for his run, mm-hmm. and be like, oh, cool, that that's a super neat thing. And then he would go for a jog, and Gantoris would just fucking stink-eye him. Yes, just give him the stare down. He'd just be like, oh, man, I am mad-dogging this motherfucker. <laughs> he and seems to like, think that Gantoris you? is judging him for running. Yeah, he's like, oh, he probably thinks that I'm running so that I can get bonus points with Luke, because that's a thing he would do. It is a thing that Corrin Horn would do, too, to be like, hey, teacher, I went for a run. Can I skip Jedi class? Uh, did you see? I went for a run before anyone else was awake, because I care. Can we learn the Jedi methods of X-Wing piloting now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, Gantoris don't like him. Anyway, we get a whole description of what it's like to run around the jungles of Yavin 4. It uh, sucks, mostly. It, it sucks. There's lots of shit that'll kill you. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of vines and shit, because it's not like, oh, yeah, the people who made the uh, the temple all built for the students went around and did some landscaping. Well, they did clear paths. There's paths cleared to each one of the temples, but the forest is rapidly reclaiming them. Oh, yeah, he's like, look, there's fucking vines that'll trip your ass. Mm, weird there are flowers piranha with- beetles that'll try and strip you dead. He's like, yeah, if piranha beetles get you, you will be dead in seconds. Anyway, they're usually up high, though, so I'm fine. Yeah, usually they're up in the top, and every animal nearby hoots and hollers and fucking runs when they get near, Yeah. so I get a little bit of warning. Plus, you get, like, lizard monkeys that are called, like, woolamanders, and those are irritating, and stinterils, which are, like, little rodents that eat the woolamanders. Here's a whole thing where he's just like, hey, let me tell you everything about this jungle. There's one, there's this, there's other temple over here called the Blue Leaf Temple. It's not named after blue leaf plants. It's named after a blue crystal that's inside. <laughs> it's got a leaf motif on the on the outside of the temple. Mm-hmm. And there's a pulsing blue crystal in there, and knows, no one knows what it does. I bet it won't come up later. <laughs> ah, yes. People have sensed great power coming from this crystal, and no one knows what it does. Not that it will ever matter. What's funny is there's a very reasonable chance that it will not matter in this book. Ah. Because this book is being weaved into the narrative of, of the Jedi Academy trilogy, which means that that might just be some shit from the second Jedi Academy book that we will never hear about here. Who knows? We have no way of knowing. But he goes out for his fun run and he talks about how yeah, like, he has a fun run. He raises some money. <laughs> well, Yavin 4, apparently the planet or the uh, the moon is 
extremely humid. And so he gets real sweaty and real tired every time. He has to change clothes afterwards. But after that, it's time for combat practice. Yeah, him and Cam got together and were like, yeah, we figured out what we were going to do with that. Mm -hmm. And I do, like, because I've been so trained to, like, look for Cornhorn being the sort of like, I'm the best at everything and everyone loves me. The fact that he is absolute trash in these chapters that every time they're like, all right, we're going to do some kind of training. And he's like, and I suck at it. I feel like this might be a legitimate attempt by Stackpole to shake some of that from Cornhorn by sticking him in an environment he's unfamiliar with. Even if it's just like, hey, not only are you a big damn ace pilot and cop hero and whatever, you're also a secret super wizard. <laughs> I mean, it's got kind of that Harry Potter problem, but at least he starts it out with being like, no, he doesn't belong here. He fucking sucks at this. Well, yeah. And he has a... Do <laughs> we have the sparring with Gantoris? Uh, well, yeah. First, he runs them through like the basics of non-combat training, and then they pick up wooden combat swords, and he has to fight Gantoris. And Gantoris is just like, sweet, I'm going to just beat the shit out of you. I like I'm how bigger than you, I'm stronger than you, and I'm better at the force than you. I feel like the moment Gantoris starts going in with those hammer blow overhead swings that Luke should be like, no. Don't do that. That's fucking Vader shit. <laughs> That's some Vader shit. Don't do that. Don't 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 put both hands on the saber light or, or do that. You got to quit it with those overhead. Like this is like LARP rules, buddy. No, no baseball bat swings. OK, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they they talk about like, yeah, we're going to go through the three circles of defense. So you've got the first circle, which is four people who are doing the like big swing so you can go block a big wide swing yeah there's the, the three circles are basically positions of your hand at far medium and close to your body yeah um, and the the close ring is the i need to actually parry this instead of block because it's someone trying to drive home and murder me yes so he, he learns about the, the the rings of defense circling uh and then after learning all that and we also get a little bit more about who all's here uh we start mentioning that uh Streen is here we learn that uh, the other name that's new is Tion. Mm -hmm. uh, here, just called Tion. Oh, and um, Karanatai. Yes, Karanati is the other. We one. We got our our nice Dathomirian witch. She's the first Force witch to come out here and learn regular Jedi stuff. And uh, then Tion, who will be a, a major character in the future. She ends up making it all the way through the Eugen Vong crisis and so on. Wow. Yeah. Um. So she's she's a big deal. Uh. So she's here too. We don't mention any of the others. I didn't see like Dorskady two or or. Uh, any of the other or, or the other Jedi who were present at this time period. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so he gets in a, in a sparring match with Gantoris and Gantoris is just like in it to win it. He just the, even at the beginning, Corrin's like, I don't want to be right next to this guy. He's got like huge power. Well, he assumes he's like, all right, this guy's bigger than me and stronger than me. So clearly he just he can just come in and go at me. So the first thing as soon as he's like and begin is he just like goes backwards. It takes a few steps back, so he has a little more room to maneuver, and Gantoris is like, ha, that counts as a win for me. Ha <laughs> ha, look at you, weak man, seeding ground already. Oh, ho, ho. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. On my home planet, we would have thrown you into a volcano. Honestly, the way Gantoris is, just even in these two chapters, how do you not go, ha ha, this guy's dark side. <laughs> look at this motherfucker. Oh, he's evil. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I only vaguely remember the end of Gantoris' story, and I think he, he uh, 
actually turns out to be like a Pyrrhic victory hero type. Eh. But it's been forever since I read it, so don't quote me. Uh, anyway, yeah, Corrin's trying to survive against this guy who just keeps getting him, just swinging and, and like managing to hit him on the shins. Oh, uh, yeah. The just... first two encounters he has is like, dude, wax me on the leg and then wax me like on the, I think, my back. Midsection, yeah. Just gets him a couple of times. And finally, Corrin's like, fine, I'll use the force instead of just trying to sword fight. And so he like reaches out and tries to... Corrin's big force ability, he sucks at the force for the most part. But his one good thing is reading people. Yeah, and in this one, the big lesson he learns is he's like, oh, as soon as he got absolutely clowned on in the first bits by Gantoris, and he looked out and saw everyone was like, ha, look at this dumbass, and they were all, you know pretty much just laughing at him. He mm -hmm. had been turned into a joke. That was when he had the most uh, control and, like, being able to reach out with the Force. He's like, oh, I have to let my fucking ego down. <laughs> like, if I keep thinking of myself as big damn superhero, I'm Kieran Halcyon, mm -hmm. super awesome Jedi, then I can't touch the Force. But as soon as I'm like, nah, I'm just some asshole, then he's like, ooh, I can see the Force now. Yeah. He's at his best when he's being belittled and kicked in the nuts. Yeah. It's just a thing. It, it's in his it's in his grinder profile. <laughs> if someone can take a fly swatter to his dongus, then he's like, yeah, oh, the force is really strong now. Feeling this. <laughs> I'm about to be one with it. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, with that learned, he's able to reach out and kind of sense Gantoris's future motions a little bit. He starts perceiving Gantoris as three people standing next to each other, each one of them representing a potential move that Gantoris might make, and then eventually they become one person and he can dodge that one person's move. Yeah, now he's he still manages to get whacked a few more times because he's like, every time I start using the Force and being like, ha ha, yeah, I can dodge this guy, I get cocky and then I lose the Force because yeah. I start getting ego again. But he finally gets his point back when Gantoris does some big overhand swing at him from behind. Like, he's in the middle of a spin or something, and Gantoris is like, fuck you, buddy, I'm gonna hit you from behind. And uh, he responds by falling to the ground, catching Gantoris with his feet and tripping him. And then spanks him, mm -hmm. like, hits him on the bottom with the sword, but then doesn't get back up. Yeah, because his legs hurt. So he just pulls his legs up because his legs hurt and throws his lightsaber to the side. And Gantoris is like, ha, you guys hit me. Get up. Let's do it again. He's like, all right, come at me. And he's like, nah. Well, he, he gets up. He's like, yeah, sure. Let's go again. Whenever you want. Because now I, I don't feel like I even need a lightsaber because now I have truly touched the force. So mm -hmm. I'll just fight you barehanded. So he's barehanded. He's like, let's go whenever you want. And and uh, Gantoris is like, pick up your weapon. And he's like, I cannot fight someone yeah. unarmed. I said I'm ready whenever you are. And he's like, Master Luke, make him pick up his weapon. <laughs> and Luke's like, ah, if you refuse to fight him like this, then you refuse to fight him. And he won without pick, with, without swinging his sword. That's a uh, lesson for you, Gantoris. That's a lesson. And I'm like. But also, I do like that he was one. like, <laughs> when Gantoris was like, Come on, Luke. Make him pick up the sword. He's like, dude said he was ready. Fucking go. Get him. <laughs> Swing away, my dude. Get him. <laughs> Do it. But yeah, so event. But Luke's like, all right, but there's also a lesson for, for a Corrin Horn, which is it's stupid to fight a lightsaber guy without a lightsaber. <laughs> and he hovers it over to him so he can fight with it. They fight for a while longer, and he gets to the point where he can consistently dodge almost everything Gantoris does, which Gantoris tired from doing these massive two-hand he heavy swings is leaning on his sword he's like 
all right, all right, you got me. You can dodge a lot of my attacks, but it's useless against a real lightsaber. You're just dodging a stick. And I'm like, no, I feel like dodging is the only way to really do good against lightsabers, too. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I agree with you. <laughs> no, once you get to the point where you're like, well, you dodged everything I could try and hit you with, but that won't work against the lightsaber. That is like, the only thing that will work against the lightsaber. <laughs> not being touched by it? Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> But yeah, obviously, the thing with this book is Corin needs to have a quippy response for everything. So he's like, I didn't plan to fight a lot of lightsaber guys. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm not going to fight any of you, and I don't know any other lightsaber guys. Yeah, <laughs> look, I'm not Luke Skywalker. I'm not going out finding the, like, one in ten billion dudes that happens to have a lightsaber and knows how to use it. Yeah. I plan on going back to being a pilot after this. Yeah, this is... So I'm not. I'm just not going to get in a lot of lightsaber fights. And Gantoris is like, you may not have that chance. A lightsaber fight is coming. It's probably me if you get the drift. Uh, I get, will stab you. Do you guys think I made that obvious enough? Uh, everyone, uh, <laughs> Cam, you picking up on that? <laughs> you picking up on a button down? <laughs> hey, hey, Strain, you get it right? <laughs> Yeehaw! Yeehaw! <laughs> Long as it ain't me. I'm too busy moonshining. <laughs> I staked my claim. <laughs> I'm learning Jedi skills to avoid the revenuers. <laughs> I use the force to find gold. <laughs> I can feel the force in my lucky tooth. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna rain. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that folksy wisdom stream. <laughs> thank you, stream. <laughs> uh, then they retire for the night. Yes. That's the end of that. And then uh, it pretty much just jumps right to the next morning for more training, because this is the point where Luke's like, hey, everybody, I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> it's time to sit around the campfire and we're going to have confession time and we're all going to we're going to play a little game. Yeah. Huh? Well, basically, he opens up by being like, hey, just I want you to know this. Some of you have already fallen to the dark side and already made your way back out. That's a thing that can happen. And I wanted you to know. I have made have fallen to the dark side and have already clawed my way back out. Yeah. Um. So and not and he's only like ah, oh, but you know, you you have to be able to control your senses. And he's like, tell me why uh, shutting off one of your senses might be a good idea outside of just shutting down pain. No, that's right. Yeah. They're like, oh well, you know, if there's illusions, you could turn your sight off so that you can tell what's actually happening i love that everyone who says this stuff it makes sense that they said it like cam soliusar is just like you could ignore your sleeping room your snoring roommate <laughs> yeah turn your <laughs> hearing off so you can go to sleep ignore your snor snoring roommate uh brackus you piece of shit uh brackus <laughs> and then kiranatai oh from my cpap is uncomfortable <laughs> i told you <laughs> Kiranatai, the force witch from Dathomir, is like, to avoid visual illusions. You're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, That's the kind of you. dumb, weird magic shit you people get up to on that planet. <laughs> yes, dumb force shenanigans. <laughs> but of course, as soon as she's like, oh, turn your vision off so you can not get fucked by illusions, Gantoris is like, that would leave you blind. You are a fool of a woman. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, Gantoris. Also, why would you need the force to turn yourself your sight off? Just close your eyes. Ha <laughs> ha. Just walk away. <laughs> How are you getting force bullied? Ha <laughs> ha. But yeah, he's like, why would you turn off one of your senses? And Luke's like, uh, because you, as a force user, you'll have a lot of other senses to rely on. And that's when one you of use them the is, force. Yeah. If one of them is being weird and distracting, don't rely on it. Yeah. Just turn that one off and use the force for that one instead. And then he's like, and you know. 
you might have a problem being able to tell what's true and what's false. And of course, Corin Horn being like, well, mm-hmm. as a former cop, I know what's true and what's false, and I've never falsely arrested anyone. Yeah, and what's true is what white people say. <laughs> Oh, what's true is that I definitely put a lot of people in jail that shouldn't be. (laughs) What's true is that those drugs were there when I got to the backyard. What's true is that dog was definitely attacking me. (laughs) Piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) But this is, I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like pulling pulling in from the nowhere, the the collective gas of my mind, that Cornhorn's big Jedi trick is being a lie detector. Probably. Who knows? Um, so so he's just like, hey, I know how to tell truth from falsehood. And Luke's like, ah, don't be so sure. Dark side, blah, blah, blah. What if I told you Darth Vader was good? And everyone's like, <laughs> say what? I love how he delivers it like some sort of preacher. Because he's like, but I tell you, he, I, I tell you this. He was a good man. <laughs> you see... He was the one who killed the Emperor. And I was like, what? I thought you did. You nope. famously killed the Emperor. That's how it goes in all the friggin' movies. Which, by the way, we know now that there are movies about the events of the... Oh, of uh, course there are. Because because when they're flying in, when when Uriel and, and Corrin are flying into the planet, he's like, wow, that temple looks just like it in all, does in all the movies I've seen about this. Oh, yeah. He's like, there were plenty of, uh, you know, Imperial things that were like, Yavin 4, a site of disgrace, mm-hmm. you know. And then, a sign af- of no disgrace. Nothing ever happened Nothing. there. Yavin 4, boring place, never happened. Yavin 4 probably doesn't exist. <laughs> and then the Republic videos that were made afterwards as well. Yeah. So, But anyway, to get back to the point, um, he's like, yo, you famously killed the Emperor. And, and Luke's like, like nope. ah, I merely turned, uh, I was the catalyst because I turned Vader from evil to good. You see... People have come to, I have fallen to the dark side and reco- uh, and come back from it. I have brought people back from the dark side. I want you to know that it is possible to move back and forth across that line. Yeah. Don't ever think that if you fall, you've fallen for good. Know that things like love can bring you back. The love of my sister brought me back from the dark side, mm-hmm. just like Vader was brought back by the love of a son. <laughs> and... He, they're like, wait, what? And it takes Cornhorn. Cornhorn literally writes out his own double take. He's like, man, I really should have gotten that because I was, you know, a police detective. But boy, that took me a good while to be like, huh? Yeah, the love of a what? <laughs> well, you see, Darth Vader is one of the most famous villains in history, so I always assumed he was black out of that mask. <laughs> Uh, Ocean. Plus, he sounded like James Earl Jones. I mean, come on. Let's be realistic. It's really more that he sounded like James Earl Jones. <laughs> Famously, James Earl Jones. Someone in Star Wars. <laughs> Well-known Star Wars person, James Earl Jones. No, your name isn't dumb enough. Come back when your name sucks. Uh, James Earl is just separated by an apostrophe. I'm James Earl Jonerous. <laughs> All right, sure, get in. James Earl Jonerous sleeves Boggiano. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so this is the point where Cornhorn's like, holy shit, wow, Luke's father was, I have so many questions, I want to ask him a million things right now. He's like, oh man. And so I will. And because I- of my dad's whole thing, he's like, oh dude, I understand, I get it, you had dad issues, because I have dad issues, he but doesn't. I knew my dad and liked my dad and you didn't. His only dad issue is that his dad died. Yeah. And not even like tragic, or, like, he was like old already. 
I think he did die violently, but still, he was like he had lived a good life. Ah, uh, he he was he, so he the, as far as Star Wars heroes go, he is the least orphaned one there's ever been. True, except for like maybe Jaina, because all of her family is always alive because no one's allowed to kill any of them uh, except Chewbacca. Yeah, Chewbacca's allowed to kill some of them. <laughs> Chewbacca dies all the time. He's the canny of Star Wars. <laughs> So uh, he's like, yeah, Vader was my father. And I want you to know that I have been redeemed and I have been a redeemer. I have been converted and I have been a converter. Yeah. And and so can you all be. And that concludes the last of the walls that I have put up. I have let you now know the only secrets that I was really holding. Mm -hmm. And I hope that all of you will understand that you should open up and let people in. Mm Mm-hmm. Kieran Halcyon. <laughs> you should also let people in and know if you're holding. Streen. <laughs> <laughs> I got some of the devil's lettuce. <laughs> My tobacco's real good today. <laughs> uh, so uh, now he's like, all right, well, time for today's lesson. I Today's lesson is weird. I had to read it like three times to figure out what the fuck they were doing. They have to pair up. Sit knee to knee, kneeling on the ground, hold up one forearm, and then use the force to dull the senses in that forearm. Then the other person picks up a rock and tries to very gently touch. Oh, and they also have to close their eyes. Yes. Uh, and then they, the other person who is across from them picks up a rock and has to try to touch the rock to their deadened forearm. And the idea is that you're supposed to sense with the force when the rock's about to hit your arm, even though you can't feel your arm at all. Yeah. And, and when you, you sense touch it, them. You, t- you reach out and poke them so that they know to stop and not poke you with the rock. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is basically just an exercise in reaching out with the force and being like, even if you can't physically feel something, you can feel it with the force. Now, that's a great idea. And it's a neat exercise. And to do so, uh, Kieran Halcyon pairs up with uh, Teon, the Jedi scholar and bard. He even points, looking at her, he's like, she's not much of a warrior. She never will be. She's more of like a scholar and like a reader and a singer. Yeah. And she plays a lot of musical instruments, but she's really nice and she gets along with everybody. So if I was going to pick a heart of the team, it would be her. And it's dangerous to pick a heart of the team because I may not be able to trust these people forever. And what if she found out my secret? She might offer me sympathy. I can't accept sympathy. I must remain firm and hard. And hardly firm. And, you know, she's kind of hot, but, you know, she's the wrong color if you catch my oh, drift. And uh, I was like, oopsie dupes. That's probably a thing that you should have reread. <laughs> yeah, her coloration's all wrong. I'm not into it. She's not my type. So Tion is gray. Like, her whole deal is that she's not a gray Jedi, but her skin is gray and her hair is gray. Uh, that's what he means when he's like, she's because he literally out loud is like, due to her coloration, she wouldn't normally be my type. Oop. <laughs> maybe don't maybe don't put it like that yeah but you know it's supposed to be that she's not human not quite human yeah but even then he's like she's still hot but you know i'm i'm not tempted or anything because i love my wife and there is at least one redeeming sentence here where he's like also i'm pretty sure she wants nothing to do with me so yeah it's it's the problem is you're in his head which means you're privy to every one of his dumb little thoughts so when he gets paired up with tian he's like hmm she got titty. Eight. <laughs> so probably uh, seven or an eight. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'd do her. Yeah. I'd throw her one if I wasn't married to my wife. But I am married to my wife, Mirax, whose coloration is correct. 
Uh, it's just weird. She's it, got flesh colored from the crayons. If you get my drift, I, I mean, <laughs> I was getting to the the, the thing where where uh, he sits across from her and he, he runs through like the whole heart of the team thing. That part was okay. He was like, yeah, I, I don't want her to become too friendly with me because I can tell she's way too friendly, and she'd end up uncovering my secret and making me cry about my wife, and that'd be bad. But then he gets into this whole like, let's judge her physical appearance and whether or not I would bone her, and I'm like. Uh, this is because we're in your head. That's all. Like, in, I'm glad he isn't saying any of this out loud, but still, I don't want to be in first person if this is where I'm. what I'm getting. I just love the fact that it's like, oh, sorry. You know, normally if this was a regular book, you wouldn't you wouldn't get any of this. But it's stream of consciousness, baby. You're getting it all. Yeah, which which leads me to wonder if the one of the fifty chapters in this book isn't just him like idly thinking on a on an airplane ride, or he's in his <laughs> X wing. Like I, that's uh, why we had to cut to him landing because yeah. if we had actually done the voyage <laughs> from Coruscant to Yavin Four, it would have just been him sitting in a pilot seat going, "Let's see, I had a." When I was a kid, I had a purple, I want to say purple lunchbox. Purple? Purple. Purple? Was, was orange? Was it, purple. Was it, I think it was Max Rebo on there. It was, it was Max was Rebo. It? Is, who was on it? Was, it? it was a famous band. I, okay, I, now who was in Max Rebo's band? And it would just be him streaming watching this garbage. Pretending a conversation he would have with Luke later, and then it goes. it actually shows up and it's completely different. He's like, all right, and then we're going to land, and Luke's going to be like, welcome to the planet. I hope you're ready to get fucking wrecked. And I'm going to be like, you know it, bro. I, I've trained, and I'll be training. And he's like, you're not going to train enough. And then I'll be like, oh, I'll train hard. I'll ask him what planetary time we're going to use. And then he'll say, ooh, that's a wise and perceptive question. I'm glad you thought of that. Your team captain. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you're that, so muscly. Let me just remember every discontinued McDonald's item I can while we're flying. <laughs> Onion gonna... nuggets. The McLean Deluxe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and remember the name of everyone in my fourth grade class. Oh, no, Here I did go. something embarrassing in sixth grade. <laughs> there was this girl, I want to say, Stephanie? No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that for an entire chapter. I told her she was super sexy like Janice from the Electric Teeth, and that did not go over well. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, not a reference you want to make. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, anyway. Ooh, boobs. <laughs> Ooh, hey, you ever think about doing it with Janice? Man. Who who can I talk to about boobs? Probably not Uril. He's not. Uril wouldn't get it. Do He'd be like, yeah, I understand. Humans are disgusting. <laughs> Do Gand women have boobs? I should ask Uril. Uril, how's them Gand titties? <laughs> Perfect, wingmate. <laughs> Hard and chelicerate. <laughs> Just like I am, eh? 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 You're disgusting. Uh, but yeah, I don't like being in his head if I when he's just like because I really was. If he got paired across from like Gantoris or something, would he be idly musing about how he'd probably throw him a shot if he wasn't married to his wife? No, of course. Look at if the gutters was, on this guy. If he was across from Gantoris, he'd be like. Ooh, this motherfucker! I gotta show him up because he's gonna show me up, and indeed he does get showed up real hard. Oh yeah, he's not good at the next thing. He's good at this thing. The like trying to set because he's good at reading people, which means he can reach out with the force, and in his mind he creates like a lattice web. He literally imagines that his arm hair grows out infinitely, and he can make weaved we uh, nets out of it that serve as layers for him to sense the universe going through. But I mean, the big thing with it is he's also like, oh, I'm gonna reach out with the force. And he's like, okay. 
I'll reach out and try and figure out where her arm is. And then he was like, wait a minute, I don't even need to do that. Yeah. Because the arm is, like, too much. I don't need to read the whole arm. Just the fingers around where the rock is. That's all I need to know. Because he starts literally by, like, I'll sending out a field. I want to sense everybody around here. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit, that's giving me a headache. I can't do that. Okay, I'll just focus on her. All right, I can't. I don't need to focus on her whole body, just the arm. Technically, I don't need to focus on the whole arm, just her hand. Yeah, and it works. It works for him, and... Just before she touches his arm with a rock, he reaches up and pokes her because it's broken one of his, like, imagined force layers. Yeah, he's like, oh, I've got the green, yellow, and red force layers, and as soon as she gets to the red layer right before it touches me, then I'll be like, hey. Yeah, and then uh, she's turns. Uh, we don't go inside her head, uh, but she does the exact same thing, basically. He, he gets out the rock, he, and in his mind, he, he creates a force capsule around it. So that he can sense, because he's also with his eyes closed, I guess, where the rock is to make sure he doesn't actually poke her in the arm with it. But right before it touches her arm, she reaches up and pokes him so so she know, so he knows that she can sense it as well. Yeah. But then he's like, all right, next part. Everybody put the rock in your palm. We're doing levitation shit. Float that rock, everybody. Corin cannot do this. No. This is not one of his Jedi talents. Uh, Right when he like goes to do that the second he hears like oh we're gonna start levitating shit he in fact loses his force grip on the rock entirely and is like i can't even sense it like yeah. it i can sense uh, her hand her hand and there is a spot there that is dead to me mm -hmm. and i assume that that is the rock but i cannot touch the rock yeah because the, the rock. rock is like nah dude Fuck you. Yeah, the rock's like, I repel you. I use my rock force. Then, then I get hit with the rock bottom, and then I'm done. <laughs> so right away, we learn that there's a big hole in his force capability. He cannot levitate or touch non-organic uh, non or non-living objects with the force. Yeah, right now he's very much about, like, oh, I can just do living stuff. Yes, which makes sense as an, e an early stumbling block. After all, the force radiates out and permeates from all life which is why droids can't be Jedi. Yeah, well. And so maybe he's just, it's a, it's a good training wheels to be able to uh, sense life stuff. But he keeps trying and trying, he can't do it. But he Lu can feel the, because you're trying to lift the stone in your partner's palm. Yes. And he's like, oh, the stone in my hand is, you know, jittering around and moving like there was an earthquake. So I know she's able to do stuff to it. And he's like, oh man, I suck. And then he opens his eyes and looks around and fucking Gantoris has like, a halo of stones spinning around his head. It's worse than that. Every other one of them is doing it. They can all do the stone levitation except him. And he's like, I don't know, this is hard. And Luke comes over to give him special attention because he isn't doing it. And he's like, I give up. I can't even lift the dust off this rock. And before Luke even has a chance to be like, hey, buddy, don't worry about it. It's like day two of training. What do you <laughs> you got you to gotta calm down, pal. Gantoris from behind him goes, you are doing that to yourself because you have chosen to fail. <laughs> you fail because you choose failure. I will never choose failure. I am Gantoris. I will always win because I choose to win. <laughs> and Luke's and, like, no, you're going to fail. Luke's like, shut up, buddy. Come on. Come on. You're not the teacher here. We don't need that from you. Everyone will fail and everyone will succeed at different things. Mm -hmm. You can't just say blanket. I'll win because I want to. I love that he's like, no, you'll fail at some point. And Gantoris is like, no, I won't. The I will fuck I will. I will merely choose to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> all right Gantoris yeah little shit <laughs> you got it buddy definitely stay out of the jungle you're definitely the most ex-Arcoon attracting one of all these people <laughs> um, uh, but yeah he Cornhorn just cannot do this one thing now Luke does sort of 
take the piss out of Gantoris, who's doing the Halo thing, by like grabbing all of his Halo rocks and flinging them up into the air and putting them on like a little fireworks course and then firing them all off into the jungle. And he's like, there, see, look. Great. It doesn't matter. Don't get all puffed up, buddy. You're not. (laughs) Look, (laughs) this isn't even the tuning exams. You got to. You got to just chill your shit. We are nowhere near the point where any of you need to start worrying about fighting that sand guy. This is the part where Hinata is still relevant. <laughs> uh, but he's just like, yeah, look, I know that you think because uh, Gantors is like, oh, it's a cycle of failure that you are stuck in. And he's like, look, the only cycle that continues forever is the cycle of life. Yeah. Everything else breaks and there will be failures. There will be successes. Chill your goddamn tits, Gantoris. Quit being so goddamn dark side. <laughs> it's old hat. We have three dark side users here. Three former dark side. You're not special. <laughs> Gantoris with some hot topic response. You think you're special because you're different. Well, I say you're special because you're all the same. Wait a minute. What? Wait, hold on. Oh, wait, right. wait a minute. Hold on. I think that was more of a tautology. Wait a minute. This. I think you're special because you've got pretty eyes. And, oh, wait, oh, hold, <laughs> hold on. on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on. Check yes if you like me. <laughs> no, hold on. Wait. <laughs> hold on. Or check double yes. Uh, a choker that says pudding on it. That's your go-to, huh? The choker with pudding on it? Well, the mad love bracelet doesn't have quite the same connotation, you know? Ah. Choker with Puddin' is very visually recognizable. In your mind's eye, you can already see it. It combines both the Harley Quinn and Joker weird shit and the 90s, because that's when the Choker lived and died. Look, all I'm saying is fishnet arm stockings. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. That's all you need. Yeah, and a couple of fishnet arm stockings and some Kool-Aid hair dye. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. Makes it sound like we're making fun of people, but I'm pretty sure we're both describing our high school crushes. Hell yes. I'm like, God damn it. That's all I want. All I want in life is someone to wear some fishnet arm stockings and have Kool-Aid hair. I want to go up behind someone and smell sharkleberry fin is what I'm saying. That gets me going. <sighs> Honesty. That's what, that's, <laughs> that's what you expect from us here. That's what's important. Blunt, disgusting honesty. <laughs> Whatever. That was like years ago. <laughs> Describe it now. Having crushes on them counterculture girls. Oh, sigh. And then later some dudes. Although never really for me. I yeah. Like my, I just like my guys clear cut or clean cut, not clear cut. I'm not, <laughs> I like them clear cutting the forest. I just like ankles <laughs> down. Everything else <laughs> cut loose already. Uh, I like my guys strip mind, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> that makes it sound like they've been experienced. <laughs> Yeah, I'm strip mine back there. Don't worry. <laughs> it's just bubble yum at this point. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross indeed. I think we could be done now. Because <laughs> isn't that pretty much the end? Like, yeah, that was yeah, the end of the chapters. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where we're done. Is uh, wh- I do like, I'm going to say, like I said, I like that we're getting Corin Horn being like, I came in here thinking I was going to be hot shit, and I very clearly am not. Yes, yeah. He's at this point he's fighting for relevance in in a little squad of like twelve people, and it's yeah, funny. Even the he, one thing he's good at, which is actual fighting, mm-hmm. he's like, even then, I still got my ass handed to me. <laughs> yes, 
he has this whole thing before he fights Gantoris where he's like, look at this guy. He's all big and imposing, and he was like a leader on his home in his home planet. Oh, but he'll he, he's not going to expect to get beat by me. He's never fought a guy like me before, but because I'm a cop, I've fought guys like him before. He He's never fought a guy like me, a little guy, and it's my birthday. <laughs> I'll just tell him I'm a little guy, and it's my birthday. Hey, come on. <laughs> and then he won't do anything. <laughs> That's his whole non-lethal combat training. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if a dude comes at you, Cam, what do you do? I tell him I'm a little guy and it's my birthday. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Okay. All right. Tion, what do you do? Uh, I tell him I'm a little guy. Nope. Hold on. We're going to need to adjust the principles for you. You're going to need to develop a short boyfriend. <laughs> Please develop a short force boyfriend. She won't. Uh, long-term future plan for her, by the way, uh, just in case you were curious, she marries Cam Solusar. That's why she doesn't have a last name right now, but she eventually will. Aww. Mm-hmm. Great. So anyway, that's just hey, a- Hey, that's just a little bit of little detail. knowledge that you could learn, mm-hmm. and if you wanted to learn more, you could go over to patreon.com slash system mastery, join us at the $2 level, yep. you unlock- the expanded, expounded universe where we go to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. we find shit to talk about from- the worlds of Star Wars. Oh, there's so much upon which to draw. And then we expound on that expanded universe over there at Expound Expanded Universe. Uh, wait, Expanded Expounded Universe. Expansions. Expansions of Expanded Universe's expansions. <laughs> ah, the expansions. <laughs> Two dollar level gets you that fun bonus content, plus it unlocks all the system mastery content. The five dollar level is the way to go, though it unlocks everything. You also get the afterthought and the TV mastery podcast, which I could not be more excited about right now because we just changed seasons and I can't wait for the new shit. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I like the old shit too. I don't know whether this whole narrative that I hated the flying nun. This is hated un- it. this is untrue. I, I thought it was charming. Every day you'd come <laughs> up to me and say, "I hate this. I, I hate this, John. Please end it. <laughs> end my suffering." <laughs> and then I would take his hand and form it into a gun and point it at my own forehead. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, sir, please do do me this favor. And he'd be like, "No, do that's me gross. a kindness." <laughs> no, that's in poor taste. <laughs> no, ooh, don't. <laughs> so. So anyway, that's over at the uh, patreon.com slash system mastery. Go follow us there. Uh, you get the great RSS feed that gives you all the content that you've unlocked. It's a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. And otherwise, hey, we've got a book coming out in two months, and I'm two really months. excited about it. It's time to start the push for uh, for pre-orders. Go forth, pre-order that book. Right as people are starting to come out more and more of lockdown and have more parties, this book is there to support you. It is our own Dungeon Meister cookbook, 75 party-friendly table-friendly recipes for role-playing games. I could not be more excited to see it come out. That's right. You can get your party table ready. Mm-hmm. Your table ready party. <laughs> you pay party of three, explo- three colors. Ta- table party ready. of expansions. <laughs> as long as it looks good from a distance, that's all that matters. Ah, the three-foot roll. <laughs> I got so much mileage out of that thing because I can play, paint like lightning bolts and shit, but I can't paint faces. Yep. That's all you need. <laughs> table ready, baby. <laughs> table ready. All right, so uh, so anyway, yeah, go support us. Go find that book. It's on Amazon or Barnes and or uh, SimonandSchuster.com or whatever. Right now, it's called the Dungeon Meister Cookbook. It's coming out real soon. I could not be more stoked. I can't wait for people to get it into their hands and start cooking up cool recipes. Hell yeah! And our whole focus, because I know there are other nerd friendly tabletop type cookbooks out there, uh, we decided to go in a direction of. Easy finger foods ready for the table. All of them use an easy bake oven. All of that them were, was the that was the trick. All of the recipes were originally designed by Easy E. 
for an easy bake oven mm-hmm. for you to have an easy time of it. Yep. So uh, our whole goal was food that works at the gaming table as opposed to food that references the gaming table, which is the other famous cookbook that's nerd related that I'm aware of. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whose name whose name is it? I don't know. That's not my job. <laughs> it's oh! not the it's not the Dungeon Meister cookbook, that's for sure. You're damn right. All right. So anyway, go buy that. Help me out and us out. <laughs> Help me out. Help a brother out. Help a brother out. We get royalties for that one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again next week with more exciting Star Wars content. Until such time, I've been Elan Sleaze Bagano. And I can sense when the death stick is about to touch my arm. Ow! <laughs> <laughs>